You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 14 of Podcast PXN. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined by the bride of PlayStation, Sean Baviak. That was right. supposed to be like a I'm Dracula. I'm done with the podcast That was, that right was now. good. I thought that was really good. I am like <laughs> disgusted by you at this point. <laughs> we have to tie it into Halloween, which is obviously tomorrow somehow, so... That's what I went for. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I can't believe you did. Uh, First off, I've been watching like little clips of videos. You know how you, that you always get ads and stuff like yeah. that? I keep seeing the Farmer's, uh, farmers Insurance old? one. Oh, farmers where it keeps insurance. doing like the Sesame Street thing. So that's yeah. what you just imagined. I've heard that so much today. <laughs> a one. A two. Yeah. By the way, real quick. Right. Th- I know we're about to do something for podcast for our news, but yeah. we have some breaking news actually that I just saw. So I'm gonna add to stuff uh, in the middle of it. Oh, I hope you geez. don't mind. That ain't good. Uh, thanks to everyone in the live chat for coming out to the show. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you'll find us on there. Uh, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. First up on the PXN News of the Week, we have PlayStation View is going away January 2020. And obviously, this isn't necessarily gaming-related, but it has the PlayStation brand, so we thought it's it was sad. pertinent. It's um, sad. So I was a PlayStation View subscriber until you and I moved in together and we got YouTube TV uh, instead of PlayStation View. Um, my family actually still uses PlayStation View, but this came out yesterday, actually. Um, so I understand the business, first of which is you have until January 30th of 2020 until this service gets cut off. I understand their business, uh, the side of things is why they're shutting this down. Competitive market inside streaming services. Sony isn't known as a streaming provider. Um, PS View was actually a very good deal for what you were getting, especially the tiers that they did. Um, so it's not financially viable for them to do it. It is just a shame because there is over, there was last time reported 750,000 users of PlayStation View, which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things in the streaming market. Right. But it was a good alternative to have. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess we've now found out that both PlayStation and Xbox are finally out of the entertainment industry that pretty much launched in this generation yeah uh i think this is very good news for playstation because uh this is showing that they're doubling down on the gaming sector of playstation they don't need to focus on other things uh i think that's kind of interesting because a lot of people criticize microsoft at the start of the generation with the whole tv 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 initiative but then after that sony started to do their own tv initiative with obviously playstation view but also like their exclusive uh tv shows like powers or whatever i think that was one of their exclusive shows that they developed that was um, yes it was in well it wasn't on playstation view though it was just right it was just playstation show, in general which obviously both failed miserably right at that whole experiment and and th- this is just i think really good news for playstation because this is just putting the focus in what people want which is the games from playstation we don't care about the tv stuff necessarily from them i get that it was a great service and everything like that but 
It was a good deal. Term. It was actually the interface was very intuitive. Yeah. I thought that's kind of what my my brother in law is primarily an Xbox gamer. Yeah. Uh, he uh, uses that, like I said, and he even mentioned how like the user interface compared to other apps seemed to be a lot more friendly for the streaming. Yep. So hopefully, whatever takes his place is going to be equal mm-hmm. to it. And and there were rumors they were trying to sell, but nobody wanted to buy. Obviously, the big players like YouTube, they already have their own service, YouTube TV. Uh, you've got DirecTV now, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't, I don't see anyone necessarily being sad about this because there are other options out there. YouTube TV is a great option as well. Um, but yeah. So uh, before we move on, we totally forgot to put this in the show notes. Uh, we recorded our podcast last week on Wednesday, and Thursday was evidently D-Day for every single video game of 2020. Uh, we found out on Thursday that four major releases were delayed mm. uh, for next year. Um, yep. And specifically, the biggest one is Last of Us 2. Right. Uh, which right was after they just a, announced Yeah, it. a few weeks after they announced the release date. So yep. that has now been pushed back to, I believe, May, May 29th. Yep. Uh, so in the same month as the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that delay specifically is not one that worries me yep. because it is Naughty Dog. If anybody right. has shown that they deserve whatever time they need... It is Naughty Dog. And, and they were very transparent in saying, like, they they ran into an issue after announcing that release date, and they just needed more time to fix, make sure it's 100%. They didn't want to release something that yep. was half-assed, basically. You, you can criticize Naughty Dog however you feel as far as, like, oh, I'm not a big fan of the gameplay, or I'm not a fan of the story, or however you want to say it, but you can't criticize, in my opinion, the polish that they present to all their games. Absolutely. I mean, they, they hands down get... There's a reason why they get their accolades. They have a rock star level of. They do, yes. Um, The other big one was sorry Montreal Ubisoft. delaying three projects. Uh, Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs Legions, which was supposed to come out in February. Now it's coming out in March. I believe. No, no, sorry, it hasn't even. Yeah, yeah, it's pushed back way. Yeah, they haven't even said that. Um, And then Gods and Monsters. And um, that quarantine game, Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quarantine. So those have been pushed back to the next financial year for them, for April 1st, 2020 to March 31st, 2021. Yep. That one is a little concerning for me uh, with a couple of those games, uh, specifically Gods and Monsters, because they quoted in saying all these games were AAA quality. That's mm-hmm. not the impression that I was given during the E3 presentation of Gods and Monsters, that this was like a triple a game like on like i thought it was an almost it looked like an indie experience a lot um, of people, to me but I, I could be wrong a lot of people were excited about it because it gave them very much breath of the wild like vibes Ooh. and uh gave that similar uh type of uh, presentation to yeah it. and then gods and or sorry rainbow six quarantine was supposed to be uh, like something to do with like an alien outbreak or something like that that you're fighting. Yeah, we didn't know too many details about that game. No, Watch Dogs Legion is actually the real surprise there because yeah. Ubisoft does not have, and I'll, and I'll preface this afterwards. I know they do, but they really don't have a big game this fall. Right. And yes, they do have uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, but it was a failure. Yes, it was, and they've already announced the plan going forward as far as to try to rebuild this whole franchise make this game successful which i believe they could because they do have that pedigree of doing so Mm -hmm. but that's a little concerning because that game looked pretty much like it was shaped out really well 
Um, so I'm not for sure what's going on with a lot of their projects. I mean, we still Skull and Bones was delayed out of this year to next year too. So I mean, yep. theoretically they're gonna have five major releases next well, year. And and they have unannounced games as well. I believe I read there's two or three unannounced games in that same time span. Which one is almost assuredly another Assassin's Vikings Creed game. is the rumor. Yeah, uh, yeah, on next gen, and the other one maybe Splinter Cell. I- Give us Splinter Cell. I would hope, but would you release two Rain or two Tom Clancy games in a year? Well, I guess they just They've did. They've done it. They yeah. just did Division Two was this year, and so was Breakpoint. Yeah, and they're very different games. Yeah. They're not. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut us off, but I totally forgot that we did not put that in our show notes because no. it was right after basically right. we yeah. did our podcast from last week, and that's big news as well. Yeah. So. Um. Actually, real quick before we go on our other ones, this is just a real quick thing that I just saw yeah. that was announced 14 minutes ago. Uh, Neo Two. Got a release date of uh, March thirteenth, twenty twenty, which I've said. Is that said, multi-platform or is that on? Uh, that's just, Sony. I'm pretty sure it's the just original Sony. came out later to everything else. Yeah, so my weird. guess is that um, that it will be like probably released on Sony first, and then afterwards it'll be released to everything else, gotcha. except for probably consoles. My guess is just PC. Yeah, this just um, says PlayStation 4, yeah. but yeah, it the first one came out for PC yeah. and then Xbox. The main so. reason why I wanted to announce that is because of the fact that Neo was announced today as a PlayStation Plus game for next month. Gotcha. Um, so it is pretty cool if you want to kind of see what that game was all about. Um, obviously download it, uh, but I am very much looking forward to Neo 2. I love the first one. I can't wait to dive into the second. Cool. Uh, next up on the news of the week, we've got an e- Xbox upgrade program uh, that kind of uh, Microsoft tested with the 360 generation at the end of that generation. Uh, so essentially what they're doing is they're giving you the option to purchase this thing they're calling Xbox All Access. So you get the Xbox One console uh, and Game Pass for a bundle of $19.99 per month. So basically, you don't pay anything up front for the console. You're ba- you're paying more uh, on a monthly subscription in order to buy the console. This is a cool idea for people that necessarily can't take a hit, um, a large hit all at the same time for a brand new console. I know sometimes that's a big shock for people to hit that $400 console and then go out and try to buy games for it, in it as well. So this actually comes with 24 months to Xbox Game Pass you Ultimate. Buy games. <laughs> so, and it's actually Ultimate. I thought it was just Game Pass. It's Ultimate, which includes Xbox Live Gold as well. So you don't have to buy gold. You don't have to buy games, essentially, like you're saying. And you get your console as well for $5 more than what Game Pass Ultimate costs anyways. That's not a bad deal at all. Uh, they also are giving people uh, disclaimers that... If you buy into this before like December something, uh, they gave an exact date. I don't remember what the exact date was, but sometime in December, actually through December 31st, I'm reading right here, uh, you have the option to upgrade to Scarlet as long as you buy before that time. Uh, you can upgrade to Scarlet on launch day of Scarlet. So if you if you do this subscription after December thirty first, you have to purchase. You have to do eighteen months of the subscription before you can do the upgrade. But if you purchase before December thirty first, you can upgrade to Scarlet as soon as it comes out. Which is that's a really good option for people that want to just pay monthly by month and can't really afford to drop all their money at once and don't have an Xbox One necessarily yet. 
uh, and then they can upgrade to next gen for, I don't know what the upgrade costs will be, but it'll be whatever the difference is uh, between what they're paying and what Scarlet's subscription is going to be. So that'll be cool. I think that's a good, it's a good idea to get more people involved that uh, may not have an Xbox One already. It is. I just, I, I understand the business side. I'm just, I'm not, I've never been a fan of like the Rent-A-Center type thing. Um, that's in my mind what it a little bit boils down to is how you're doing it. Obviously with a bunch of perks that are definitely worth their value, yeah. uh, specifically game passes. We've talked lovingly before. Um, but my only question about this that I thought of, like, what if you use a credit card and your credit card gets stolen or something, you decline it, whatever. Like, how do they get that console back? Are they going to, like, come to your house and, like, try to take the there console? There are small claim repos out there. That's kind of crazy. It's possible. I mean, they yeah. could just send you, like, saying, hey, if you don't do this, you're going to get billed for the full amount. Right. And then go against your credit. I mean, damaging your credit's worse off true. than fa- failing for the all that stuff. Very true. All right. So, moving on, uh, we've got a lot of reviews to talk about. So, Luigi's Mansion 3, After Party, and Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare, just to kind of clean up from last week a little bit. All of those reviews came in. Uh just to kind of start us off with Luigi's Mansion 3, uh, largely I've seen positive reviews on Very it. Very positive. Um, Obviously, they're they're kind of saying, like, this is the best Luigi's Mansion thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying, like, there's a pretty good, almost 15-hour campaign in there. Um, I said I would have it today. I actually read the release date wrong, wrong last week. It's and it's not till tomorrow, Halloween, so I'll be playing that tomorrow and have uh, a lot more impressions next week. Uh, but it, everything that it's saying is shaping up to be very very well. The multiplayer is actually saying that they love how they do the challenges and the puzzles and stuff like that. Um, Guiji, as jokingly as it is, has fit in very well, too, with the whole formula of the game. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I can't wait, actually, for you and I to do some maybe couch co-op with Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. Just because of how zany and kooky those games are. And I only played a little bit of Luigi's Mansion, the original. I never played two uh, on 3DS, right? It didn't sell as well. That's why I was very surprised when we got a third one, because yeah. Dark of the Moon wasn't, like... That, I mean, granted, that was during the Wii U days, and 3DS was outselling that by gangbusters, but still, yeah. it wasn't anything close to revered as the original. Right. But yeah, I, I, I love how Nintendo keeps investing in their zany, zany side. I just hope, mm-hmm. I read this at the last bit of um, Ryan McCaffrey from IGN's uh, review, is that like, can it not just be in 20 years we get three of these odd games? Yeah. I, I really think that they need to spice it up when it comes to... You can keep your same IP as far as, like, Mario and Zelda and all that stuff, but let's let's dive deeper get into, like, new things. new IP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, after-party reviews, those have looked very good as well. Uh, I know a lot of people were praising it. Um, there were some complaints about it that I, I briefly heard... Uh, like basically like the uh dialogue isn't necessarily as good as um their previous game which was uh, oxen free and i personally i'm very excited for this game because uh how much i loved oxen free on xbox one when that came out that was such a good like story and the ending just left you like saying what the heck did i just experience like it was that mind-bending, and the dialogue and the characters and 
just the interactions that they have throughout the experience. It is very much like a uh, Telltale-like, not Telltale, but you see what I'm saying, like more dialogue-focused than gameplay-focused per se. Um, but I'm very excited to actually dig into it and uh, largely positive re reviews for is it. Is that out just yet, or is it out like... It's out. Okay, so it's yep. out on Game Pass, for yep. everyone, just so you know. Yep. Uh, definitely... It looked we we watched uh, like a little longer of a trailer when it came to Inside Xbox. Mm -hmm. um, it's still not like my cup of tea as far as like those walking simulators type things, but it looks like yeah. an interesting take with this whole drinking mechanic. Yeah, and now you have to find the right drink to drink your way out of hell. Yeah, I guess which <laughs> makes more sense for me than anything. And but I've kind of gone media dark on this since they announced it because I just want to experience it fresh and after experiencing Oxenfree with how how many twists and turns they had i was like i really don't want to dig too much into this yeah. because i don't want to spoil anything so i'm very excited to actually jump into that uh lastly we have call of duty modern warfare reviews so these reviews are kind of interesting because basically uh from what i've played myself and also what the reviewers are saying are very similar experiences so the campaign was really good. I loved it. It was a very, very much what I thought it would be, uh, gritty, intense. Um, there was a little bit of controversy with it. A little bit, but yes. That's, that's modern but, warfare. Yes, and the important thing is, is they they kind of make you think when you're playing. There was one point, and I don't want to spoil too much, but I feel like it's kind of important to point out like certain circumstances. So I'll point out one. So there's one point where you're clearing buildings and there's a bunch of terrorists. You're clearing the buildings and everything, uh, and it's a very tense situation. You're going room to room, clearing a bunch of people with guns. And you go in one room, and there's actually a chick that's next to a cradle. And you hear a baby crying, but you, you're, you're kind of in the so moment we'll where... we're in 2019. Yeah. We don't call them chicks. Well, okay. I whatever. apologize for his disrespectful chick, nature. Chick, woman, it's the same thing. Anyways. Ooh, so you're going Eat room, them alive. You're going room to room. You blast through this door, and on the left, you see this, this lady, and she's going to the crib. And a lot of people, mind you, while you're clearing these buildings, are going and reaching for guns, picking up the guns and shooting you, and you die pretty instantly. So I see her go for the crib. And I'm thinking she's going for the gun, and I shoot her, and then I go look in the crib, and it was a baby in the crib, and I was like, oh man! But that it's it, it has that kind of stuff in the game, like that's You're how a monster. No, you are a it, monster. It very much makes you think, like, what the heck? Like, what what are the consequences of actual war? Like, this could actually happen. So that very much I have high praise for, as well as reviewers have had. Um, multiplayer wise, I really love the 2v2, uh, 2v2 stuff. That's a lot of fun gunfight. Uh, I love the experience of having, uh, small teams and 2v2 really makes you feel the tension and round to round combat, uh, where you have to win the, the rounds by killing the other team. Uh, the regular multiplayer experience, I'm not as big on. I feel like the maps are just not up to par, and that's what a lot of reviewers say, have said as well. That's been the big criticism so far. The, there's not a single map that I could tell you that I love. In the original Modern Warfare, there was tons of maps that I love. There was Crash, there was Overgrown. There was, there's so many maps that, you, that are iconic from the original Modern Warfare that I'm just surprised that they didn't bring some of those back. 
they have none of the original maps back in the game which is fine i'm all for new stuff but the new maps are not very good at all so that's one very big uh, stumbling block for me personally i haven't played the larger scale uh multiplayer yet ground war i've only played like one or two matches of it so i can't really give a great impression on that uh it's more like battlefield than it is call of duty because of how big it is um i think it's like 40 versus 40 players um but yeah the 2v2 experience i love spec ops i've only played a tiny bit of uh the campaign for spec ops which actually is continued from the main story and that is very difficult it is like you die instantly but um overall very positive on this game and i'm excited about the uh the inevitable sequel with how they ended uh the campaign for Ooh. this one so uh next up we have death stranding is getting a port to pc in 2020 which apparently was kind of already mentioned uh so i guess was it a couple years ago two or three years ago kind of right after death stranding, when everything started getting teased yeah, yeah they uh they kind of teased that uh pc port was coming on the playstation blog but sony quickly uh, took that down because obviously they want to promote it as a playstation exclusive as they obviously would because they put in the money to for kojima to make this um but yeah pc port is confirmed coming 2020 i don't know if they did they give her exact release date i don't know they did not okay only release date as we have is for the actual game on playstation which i don't have any opinions on right i I really don't i wish i could say i'm jacked for this game or god i could care less Mm. i literally don't i don't have any feelings towards it i have no idea what it is still apparently they released a launch trailer today it was like six minutes long apparently there's a lot of spoilers in that trailer well most reviews are starting to come out on friday yeah because it comes out next week which that's just kind of surprising for a game like that where it's more geared to having that like twist story and like the weird story that kojima is known for why would you spoil all that in a trailer well the guess though is is whatever you think you've seen this whole entire time is not what you think you saw with kojima yeah true i mean look at the end of metal gear solid 5 i didn't beat it uh, okay i won't spoil it then because yeah. it's like i didn't beat it whatever you did did not matter let's just say that okay <laughs> i don't I, I yeah i loved metal gear solid 5 but i know i'm literally clueless when it comes to the story it's just like i have no idea what's going on i got i was very good with the story up until four yeah when it tried to do a very good bow on everything yeah. when it came to solid uh and it confused the hell out of me once i got to the all the um i can't remember the girls names that took the place of like the characters of the of the first one the yeah, enemies. Sure. but anyways i got so lost when they started talking about all this stuff i'm like i played all of you how do i not understand this <laughs> <laughs> yeah kojima has a way of just confusing yeah. a lot of people so uh next item on the news of the week we've got ea games are returning to steam starting with star wars jedi fallen order and they're also bringing games like apex legends that's already out on there as well so uh this is kind of big news for uh ea to bring this back to steam since they have their own platform origin so this is exciting if you're a pc gamer yes i agree i mean i don't understand pc yeah. gaming at all just because i've never agreed with that model but i understand you get great deals off of steam and everything like that yeah um i just think it's funny that ea was so adamant 
about removing all their games from Steam and then creating Origins and not putting anything else on Steam. Yeah. So my guess is they saw a very big decline on PC on yeah. PC when they took it off Steam. So now they're like, okay, we'll, we'll have Origins. Yeah. And my guess is there's going to be some exclusive deals whenever yeah. you buy a game from there. Um, but they still have essentially the base version on Steam, more or less. And right now, with the way that Apex keeps winning, I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah. Star Wars game coming out in a few weeks, I don't know why you wouldn't. Yep. I mean, you just, those are two franchises, specifically Star Wars, that w- even if it ends up being bad, it's still going to sell a lot. Yep. Get, get the games in the hands of more people. That's the biggest thing. And Microsoft is doing the same thing with releasing their first-party games on both Microsoft Store and Steam day and date. So, like, Gears 5 is on both platforms. So, I think this is perfect for the industry. More competition, the better. Um, obviously, EA is going to try and push people to Origin, but to give them the, the ability to get it from Steam as well is yeah. great. So. The one thing I will want to go kind of off on with EA is... They're squandering of the Star Wars license. Um, mm. So they just announced also that they're not going to be releasing a Battlefield next year. I did, um, yeah. They, they said that, uh, but they do say that they plan on releasing a, another, another Star, Star Wars, Wars game yeah. by 2022. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So in the end, in what? this whole Star Wars deal for 10 years, yeah. we're going to get four games. But here's the thing. When's their 10-year deal up? Because 2022. Is it? Yeah, end okay. of 2022. I was trying to think of that because I was like... When did Battlefront come out? When did they announce that deal? Because it's just like, I feel like that it's big. It was right at the tail end of the last of this generation, generation uh, starting. Or sorry, yeah, of last generation ending. But yeah, so gotcha. we got the Amy Hannon canceled game. Um, yep. What was it called? It was officially canceled? Uh, um, Visceral Star Wars Project. They never named it. Uh, no, the Bounty Hunter game that was officially canceled. Oh, the, um, the uh, LucasArts one. Uh, 1313. 13, yeah. yeah, officially canceled. Because that was not EA. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, but they, obviously with that deal, basically crushed it yeah. with going in. And I mean, there was rivers of problems. But I just think it's funny that like we're this deep into that license. <laughs> we have two controversial Battlefield games and not really that much good press otherwise. Yeah. I'm really hoping Fallen Order changes all of us. Every yeah. every journalist is really, like, hyping it up for us, in my opinion. Metroid. Um, yes, like, and obviously, you know, that's one of my favorite genres, and I love first-person, single-player action games. Or not first-person, sorry, just single-player, third-person action games. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. I actually enjoyed the first, uh, Force Unleashed. Um, second one's yeah. story was bogus, but that's Agreed. just my opinion. But I actually enjoyed that. Um, and I have a fondness for Star Wars, so I'm really hoping, even if this doesn't continue with EA, that they find that Disney, because now they obviously own Star Wars, yep. does the Marvel thing for it. Marvel, given different teams, Marvel license, such as Spider-Man, um, such as Avengers, Avengers, um, Guardians of the Galaxy with Telltale. Uh, um, call it on Switch? Um, uh, Marvel Ultimate, Ultimate Alliance. Ultimate Alliance, yeah. yeah. Um, just kind of keep playing with it, uh, different developers for their franchises. Yeah. Just to see what else can come out. I agree completely. So, uh, kind of in the same vein, EA also announced that they have canceled NBA Live 20 to focus on, I quote, the next generation of players and platforms. I just, I'm so befuddled. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> 
I mean, why can't Ugh. why can't I play it? I can't play 2K. Yeah. I don't appreciate games that still that are use fantastic. Two, that that still use the 2000s, like the Y2K's coming back or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I mean, what a joke. Yeah. In my opinion, I like this is kind of my rant. I actually used to play NBA Live. Yes, um, I did too. And it wasn't like the greatest basketball sim, but in those days they weren't. It wasn't really until uh, NBA Street came along, kind of pushed the boundaries when it came to creativity and um, the players themselves and their movement. And then sim games took from that, and it was really that 2K came onto the, the um, field. But yeah. NBA Live has just been a joke of a franchise. It like, is. I feel awful for athletes that actually are like, oh, yeah, I'll be on the cover. And yeah. then they find out, oh, it's not 2K. It's not 2K, yeah. <laughs> How much do you think that yeah, it has to pay them to get on the cover? Like, I feel like they have to just beg them to be on the cover yeah. of this at this point. Like, it's just funny how they own NHL. They own NFL. They own FIFA. Yeah. Like, they own all these other sports except for baseball and basketball. Yeah. And those are two huge sports that they should they oh. should theoretically own, and, and they don't. And MVP baseball was so good back in the day for me. I loved MVP baseball. Now, there is a good sports side story. And I know, uh, like, a lot of gamers aren't into sports necessarily but i know you and i are yeah. uh maybe not so much all the sports games but just we still are but uh, it was just announced this week that um the ncaa is going to start playing or being able to pay players right. for their likeness yep the big rumor is possibly ncaa football is going to come back yeah. i don't know about you but i well i'm probably not you because you weren't in when you were in college it was already done yeah but this was a huge college game for like my dormitory my freshman year yeah um because it was finally done after my sophomore um but these were big gains for us to play because even though i went to a mac school our school was still in it and you try to get your school to be better yeah to be looked at and it's uh, those games were always very fun so I'm curious. A lot of people like them better than Madden games. See, and that's the common thread. But now at this point, they're going to basically have to rebuild the, the game from scratch because there hasn't been a game in, what, seven, eight, nine years? Uh, it's been about eh, maybe a little over ten years now, I think. Yeah, so I, they're going to have to completely rebuild the game if they're going to re-release this. So if that if that does t- come to fruition, do they take Madden's gameplay and Well, I think they, they at least have the engine yeah. for it to – because Madden and NCAA were always in that same engine, I believe. I could be wrong on that, but, but they they, seem, all, they always felt completely they different. They do. They play very differently yeah. because obviously college rules are a lot different. Right. But those games were always, especially like college-age kids, yeah. love those more than the Madden games just yeah. because of it being their school or their favorite their college. And, and actually, the NCAA team was known as uh, the team that would innovate more. So oftentimes, the NCAA football games would have better features than the Madden games of the same year, which is crazy. They're they're the ones that did the hit stick stuff beforehand. Yeah. 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 But the other thing about that is, is I love college basketball, so I would love to see a freaking NCAA basketball come back. Which oh God, that I was even further. That that yeah. was yeah, that was before NCAA football before went away. Stuff, yeah. yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's tons of intrigue that could come of that. So I don't even care about. Just bring back NBA Legends. <laughs> Gosh, like the better NBA Street. Uh, no. Like that was bring back NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. Jam did come back like, two years ago. I not two years ago. I thought it was two years ago. I could be wrong. It was a little longer ago. The playgrounds is what you're thinking of. Oh yeah, it is because it's yeah. spirituals. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So next up, we'll jump into the games we are playing. So before I give be, you know, yeah, yours. pretty much. <laughs> so 
COD Modern Warfare, I kind of already went over that in the uh, in the news story talking about the reviews. I probably shouldn't have went that deep into it, but that's fine, whatever. So obviously, you already know, I enjoyed the campaign, multiplayer. I love the 2v2 stuff, the bigger stuff like the 6v6 maps, awful maps. Um, that, I already pretty much laid that out for you. I'm also playing Outer Worlds, which is also available in Game Pass. Make sure you guys check it out. I really am very much enjoying Outer Worlds, but I'll I'll dive into that a little deeper in the topic of the show. So, um, so I finished Link's Awakening. Um, I again, it's a very faithful to everything. Um, I got uh, the only thing that was different actually was this time around. You had to collect forty shells instead of twenty shells, which I did not realize that. So I had actually I had to look up a guide. Yeah. Um, and I, you know how I hate doing that. So I had to look up a guide to see where the other shells were. Um, cause I was like, I know where 20 are. I can remember that. I yeah. don't know where 40 is. Um, so I did look up that it was a very fun experience. I'm really hoping, um, that I see more top down Zeldas in the future, especially with the switch light showing that it is more or less a mobile console, yeah. uh, for everything. So please check that out. If you get a chance to, the um, next Zelda is probably going to be breath of the wild too, though. More than likely. Um, yeah. Hopefully next year. Hopefully. Kill me if it's next year, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I just maybe. thought of that. Like, if it comes out during the console launch, I'm going to I'm gonna cry. Maybe, like, July next year. I'm, That's a good time, I feel like. For us, not for them. Yeah, no. Not for <laughs> yeah. them, but for yeah, us. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, man. That's not going to be good, actually, in the end. Yeah. Goodbye. And we'll just look at our consoles and wave and be like, we'll be with you in a couple hours. Pretty much. Um, so the other thing I said that I was going to check out was Borderlands 3 Bloody Harvest. Um, their special Halloween-themed... Um, DLC, but not DLC. It was like free to play stuff. Uh, so you get um, a new planet, like I said, some different types of guns, and you're fighting like spirits. Right. Um, it was okay. I, I, nothing it, special. Nothing in my mind. Yeah, the boss was a um, technically Captain Haunt, who is actually just the ghost version of one of the enemies from the Malawan Corporation, oh. which it is kind of funny. Because I can't remember what the captain was, but it rhymes with haunt or something like that. Right. Um, but the Halloween planet actually looked really cool. It was very demonic and bloody and stuff like that. Um, the Every time you open a chest, you heard like some sort of different Wilhelm scream or something like that. So <laughs> that was kind of funny. The enemies were actually challenging. Um, now, I don't mean challenging as in far as they were bullet sponges. But like, so you have a swarm, and then if they have a spirit attached to them... Then as soon as you kill them, the spirit comes out, attacks you, and then it affects something that you're doing, whether it's your recoil, your aim, uh, your actual damage, or even the clip size that you have. So, like, you're literally, you could be in a firefight with a certain team, you kill one, come up, a couple other uh, enemies come up to you, you're trying to kill them, well, you just forgot about the ghost, <laughs> it attacks you, now you're, you can't see anything, so oh. it's like, it can get a little stressful, but I like that challenge. Yeah. Um, the character Maurice that you start all this stuff with was actually very funny because it's this like demon, uh, dinosaur thing. I can't remember what they're called in the Borderlands game, but you faced them before. Gotcha. Uh, but it's a demonic version of that, so it was kind of funny with all that stuff. The pumpkin puzzle was actually a little pretty clever for it. Um, the kind of the rare stuff. I only got I think I got two legendaries, but. I have been so OP for so long in that game that I don't like every legendary. I just put on my wall or put yeah. on my save because it's like What's nothing. The point? Nothing beats what I have. Yeah. 
Um, I'm hoping that, like, even when I play True Vault Hunter, like, I can still mow down pretty well in that stuff just with the guns that I have. Right. Uh, I'm still wanting to know when our, we set, we knew the first piece of DLC was going to get released this fall. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're probably looking in this winter. Uh, but I'm just curious what that's going to shape up to be. I don't think this is a bad free-to-play thing. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's not what's going to keep me into it at the moment. I don't even, I can't remember how long the event lasts till. I think it was a little past Halloween, but, like, I just want another reason to dive into this game. I wonder how big their uh, expansions or DLC is going to actually be. Because I remember, like, some of the Borderlands 2 DLC wasn't that big. So, like, the first one was smaller with um, uh, the hammer, Hammerlocks yep. thing, uh, or his hunt. Yep. But ti- Tina Tiny, Tiny, Tiny Tina's Tina. Dungeon Keep yeah. was giant. That was a huge one, and it was a very funny story. Yeah. Now, Anthony Birch is no longer the writer, right. so I, I still think that the story is very funny. It's, it's not Borderlands 2 funny, but yeah. like I still... And his sister still, I think, is the voice of Tiny Tina, too, Ashley Birch, um, who was the voice actor in uh, Life is Strange as well. Yeah. Uh, but I still think that they're going to have meaty DLC... I'm actually not even looking forward for the DLC. I want to see what kind of crazy character they go with. I'm not lo- so much looking at, like, because I've always viewed Borderlands as a Diablo experience. I beat the campaign, then I go beat the campaign again with a different character. Gotcha. Because I started a Zane campaign, just to see how he felt. Um, and I actually liked him, too. I'm glad I did Flack first, though. But yeah. I just want to see, am I going to get a Craig? Like, is there going to be something interesting with it? Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. All so. right, so that's all the time we have today. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought we were wrapping up the show. No, we're not. <laughs> we're jumping into the topic of the show, which is Outer Worlds. It is out of this world. That's why I wanted to end the show. So I didn't good. want to hear that joke. So good. That's not even a joke. Oh, I it's love it. It's the groan that your what? dad makes. Like, oh. uh, that, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I let know. Let us know what you think in the comments. Everyone's going uh, to wish that you killed yourself <laughs> after that. This is amazing. What are you talking about? So, Outer Worlds, I've been playing quite a bit in the last week. Uh, I am very, very much enjoying this game. So, I'm very close to eight hours into it already, and I absolutely love it. I've only just completed the first world, and I have did every single side quest, every main quest, and everything. Normally... Lately, I've been just doing like mainline stories for games that I'm playing because I want to get them beaten because I know I'm never going to go back because of all my backlog and everything. So this game is the complete opposite of that. I just want to complete every task, every mission. Like it's amazing for me. It is quite like I, I talked to you about this, about comparing it to other games. It is now that I've played quite a bit of it, I can pretty much say it is Fallout and Mass Effect combined. And that is amazing. I love Fallout, love Mass Effect, and the reasons that I love those games are all in Outer Worlds. So like, Fallout 2 and Mass Effect and Drama. No, oh, I'm sorry. No, Fallout 3, <laughs> Fallout New Vegas, Fallout, nah, Fallout 4 wasn't as good, but... Uh, you get the idea. It's very much, you have the choices and the, um, the skill attributes and the world of Fallout in a, um, relationship aspect of Mass Effect and, uh, traveling from planet to planet of Mass Effect. It has very much of those thematics all the way throughout the campaign. And the story is really good. I love everything so far. The writing's been really good. Obviously, the voice act or the uh, performances, like the facial performances, aren't like 
triple a or anything like that they aren't crazy good but that doesn't matter to me it's basically if you've played fallout 4 fallout 3 fallout new vegas you know that style where it zooms in the camera zooms into the uh character's face and they have like this weird reaction like they have this weird facial uh reaction to you but overall the game is amazing unbelievable there's some very cool things like um choices that they give you so like just to give you an example uh the other day i was playing and i fell off of a cliff and like you hear like the crack kind of like fall out when you like hurt your leg or whatever and then i did it like a couple more times like just throughout playing i just jumped from too high of a distance and it comes up and it says like you have a choice to make like you can you're basically crippled now you, you have a choice you can either uh, permanently slow your character by 20%. So, like, the game permanently slows you down by 20%. And you get a perk, to, like, an additional perk that you otherwise wouldn't have got that you can add uh, to your character. Or you can just choose not to do that and just heal yourself and you'll continue on. You won't get another perk or anything like that. So... I kind of experimented with that when I did a save before I did anything and then I checked it out. My goodness, you move so slow. And I was like, nope. So I went back and changed my mind on that. See, I don't but like it has, that type of gameplay. No, it has, it has like that for everything. So like you get shot by plasma or something like too many times. It's almost like uh, exposure thing. So if you get exposed to it too many times and it'll... it'll say you, you've developed a weakness to this. Do you want to accept the weakness of like 20% more plasma damage and get an additional perk or just heal yourself and you're good. I love that kind of thing because it's just like it adds an extra layer of depth that Fallout didn't even have because Fallout didn't have stuff like that. Um, but you still have the natural progression of your character where you continue uh, leveling up your character. You still get those perks. Um, you just don't get as many if you don't accept these other things. So all of that I really, I really enjoy. The mission structure, very good so far. Everything's been very diverse. I haven't experienced anything like fetch this and do this. Like, it's all been very unique um, in, in that respect. So I'm really, really digging it uh, so far. So and The sad part is, and I don't mean to be negative on this at all, because I, I thought what you were looking at or playing the other day looked pretty cool, but what you just said right there just totally sold me i'm not ever playing it yeah it's just it's, that's just not my type of yeah i, I that you was don't a like, big hurdle for me when it came to the actual like those types of western rpgs yeah and i i don't like that i guess realism in my games yeah it it's not even necessarily realistic in that sense it's just it's it's giving you um more challenges yeah yeah i'm uh, just not a fan of that it's it's yeah if you don't like fallout then you're not gonna like this game yeah just to be quite blunt about it no so. and, and you and i have talked about that too like yeah. as that fallout obviously i've given it a try but it wasn't my cup of tea but right. um this game looked more of a borderlands-esque but now you're saying actually you kind of want to scratch the borderlands yeah. and game push it more towards uh mass effect and yeah uh, game gameplay wise i would say it's similar to borderlands because there are uh abilities that you have and you do have like the slowdown mechanic but that's more uh, attributable to like vats the vat system from fallout necessarily than borderlands but uh the areas are very similar to borderlands because you're traveling to areas that are open world areas but you don't have like a big open world map like fallout so that's why i was originally saying borderlands 
but th that's also kind of attributable to Mass Effect, which is why I said Mass Effect, because you're traveling on a ship to planet to planet. It's very similar in that regard. So I'll be curious to see how this does. I mean, that that's the only thing that ever worries me about Game Pass is how you now are going to report, especially MPD numbers and all that stuff, because I have a feeling that obviously first party studio now mm -hmm. uh before this game was in development or right. sorry after this game was in development right but that was kind of the deal that xbox made with it is okay i know your first party will let you finish this but it's gonna be on game pass yep so it's like how well is this now gonna sell on playstation or here's switch when it comes to it because it mm -hmm. has been announced for switch there's just no date yet right switch yeah, i, I thought think... it was announced for switch i don't think so is I, it? I thought I, I thought it was because uh... it wasn't the joke weren't you gonna play it on switch then you and I have that joke going on for the longest time. Oh, I could have sworn. I guess it is. I yeah, didn't I didn't even, think it was out yet. I did not realize that was a thing to yeah. be determined. Yeah, I guess it's yeah, not Yeah, but out it was yet, announced but... for Switch. Yeah, so... But, like, I'd just think... be curious to see how it's going to translate on sales on those consoles yeah. because Here's... you had actually mentioned this, like, that depending on how well this does, and this is kind of the reason why Microsoft bought them, mm -hmm. this could end up becoming a series. So, yeah. like, we're now going to transition this series to be... First and party. First party, platform exclusive. I know not Xbox, it's a PC, but right. that's where it's going to transition to. So it's like, are they going to cut off that base, or are they maybe going to try something different, but in this universe? Here's the thing. I uh, I don't think it matters how much it sells on the other platforms to Microsoft. I think their only concern is getting people on Game Pass. And whether or not they want to look at like certain games and see how many people are playing these games on game pass i'm sure they do look at those numbers but like for a uh, brand new ip i'm sure that they'll give a little bit of leeway well, yeah they for... had, i mean they included gears of war uh yeah. with their numbers yeah because they never they never said anything about gears of war sales they said most concurrent players ever playing a gears of and, war and they'll never give those yeah. numbers anymore just like the xbox one hardware sales they they're not going to give those numbers anymore but I'm very excited to see what Obsidian does with first-party-backed money with this type of experience because they made this game from uh, a publisher that is not really well-known as Private Division, which is they're a subsidiary of Take-Two, but it's basically an independent game uh, publishing label. So, so is there three very, cuts then with this game? Is there what? Is there three cuts then? Three cuts. With the developer, publisher, and then Microsoft? As far as sharing the profits on that, well, I guess Microsoft owns Obsidian now, yeah. so I mean, I'm not sure how the business side of yeah, that works. Yeah, just be but curious on that. That's pri good. Private Division obviously is the one who funded them. Microsoft didn't fund this game because uh, that was before they they acquired them, but they did this game with very limited funds because Private Division isn't your Activision or EA or anything like that. They're they're not getting a ton of money. So that's what makes me very excited. They made this good of a game with very limited funds. With Microsoft first party backing, they're going to get basically unlimited funds. Not unlimited, but you get what I'm saying. They're getting a lot more money. And Obsidian's such a talented developer. We've talked about it on this podcast before with Fallout New Vegas, with South Park. Uh, all these games, Star KOTOR, like... They've made such great experiences in the RPG in the RPG genre that I just feel like it's just going to be a match made in heaven. And that's what I said as soon as Microsoft acquired Obsidian. That was my favorite acquisition that they made after the initial E3 acquisitions. Like 
Ninja Theory was initially my favorite, but Obsidian kind of trumped that because I love RPGs from Obsidian. Everything they've made has been really good. Just like Ninja Theory, everything they've made has been very good. So I'm definitely very excited to see this turned into a uh, a uh, actual franchise and, and not just like a one-off. Um, so that uh, I think that kind of does it for Outer Worlds. No more Outer me. Worlds ever but again. That's not true. I'll we're, probably we're in inner worlds I'll territory. Pro I'll probably be playing that for like the next three months because how how big that game is. I know initial things we saw were thirty hours, but I think that was them just doing like mainly main quest stuff. And with what I've been playing so far, I'm probably gonna hundred percent this game. So it may be quite a bit of hours um, for me to finish that. So uh lastly we have a little bit of a spooky thing for halloween tomorrow so our top five this week is top five I, I hate you talk horror games do, do, do. i should have got like some some lightning effects and stuff and put that in there put but, it in yeah. postscript I, I didn't do it. i should yeah, yeah i'm just joking Don't insert do lightning here yeah uh so top five horror games my first one is one we've talked about before dead space i love that genre that genre of like just feeling like claustrophobic and you're just like afraid around every bend they had perfect jump scares in that game i absolutely adored that isaac was a perfect character and uh the the uh i keep wanting to call them xenomorphs the, isaac uh, wasn't really a character though in the first game Isaac? Yeah, he wasn't really like represented as well, much, but no, I agree with but you. Yeah, like at the death of his. Sorry, you don't know if his Spoiler. wife is death yeah. dead. But I'll give you a hint; she's dead as hell. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I love that game. I mean, such a good choice too, especially with that atmosphere. Yeah. I replayed it a few years ago when it was a uh, gains with gold yeah. uh, game, even though I own them on PlayStation, but just to play the first one again, yeah, uh, because that was such a odd experience. And the reason why I say it's odd, because I didn't read anything. My friend actually, Chris is the one that told me to get it. I knew nothing about it. Yeah. So I got it so he could watch. And the first enemy I shot in the head kept coming. Yep. Kept shooting. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I just screwed up. No, like yep. that's it. Kind of reverses the roles, like where you're thinking typical headshot. Like, no, you want to go for their limbs. The yep. limbs are where the power is. Yep. And that's where the gore all comes in. But that's really where the scares come from because the limbs are so larging over mm. you. Yes. Um, to go off of your dead space, mine is Dead Space Two. Yep. You can notice how we're leaving Dead Space Three off. Yeah. Um, two had that marriage that Resident Evil 4 found, where yeah. it was a perfect blend of horror and action, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you were no longer on the Ishimara, uh, though you do, you do go, go back, back, which was really that cool was to see. That uh, You're on yeah. a space station, I believe, above Saturn. I can't remember what the space station was called anymore. Um, but it was such a large environment to explore this huge, huge space station with basically their version of the apocalypse coming. Um, and it was so creepy to see like everything Titan. Titan okay. Everything that was happening, um, what became of Isaac from the first one. And that's when he actually finally, I think he had a voice actor, um, in the second one. Because it wasn't a voice actor at all. It was just the grunts from the first game. Really? I yeah. thought that he did talk in the first one. I can't remember him talking at all. Hmm. Um, but it does give you like one of the creepiest scenes I've ever experienced in the end when you have to put a needle through Isaac's eye and you have to guide it. 
my first time guiding that laser and that needle is I stabbed Isaac right through the eye, right through oh. the head with everything because I didn't realize what was going on. Um, that's actually, I spent more time in that than Dead Space 1 because um, I actually did that three save challenge, which took me a while, yeah. but it was such a great experience for it. I mean, I can't say enough about that series. If we ever do a top five series that need to come back, that's in mine. I had so much fun. Even the third one, as much crap as it gets, it really gets crap because it's not faithful to the series as far as being that horror, suspense, all that stuff. It's more just action. Yes. While it was a decent action game, it just didn't capture the essence of Dead Space. Exactly. Dead Space 3 was a good game. Yeah. It just wasn't a good Dead Space Exactly, yeah. So... Uh, my next one is kind of cheating. Uh, it is, but I allowed but, it. I allowed it, yeah. for the record. So, Evil Within 1 and 2, I'm including both of them on the same one. I love both of those games. Shinji Mikami obviously uh, created these games uh, after he left Capcom uh, to, to make uh, Evil Within with uh, Bethesda. Uh, Tango Gameworks is the studio that he founded. So, these games are such crazy games. Like... They are very much like psychological uh, thrillers almost, but they have a lot of horror aspects. Like, there's so many times where I just was left like, what the heck did I just experience? Like, at the end of The Evil Within 1, I was just like, where can they go to make this like even crazier? And somehow they found a way to do it. And The Evil Within 2 was even crazier than the first one. Like... I just absolutely love that gameplay style, and it's very much, if you like Resident Evil 4, you love Evil Within. Like, that's how similar it is to Resident Evil 4. It is so good. I compare the second one almost more to 3 because of the open-worldness of it all. Yeah. And how, not, not so much the Nemesis system itself, but just, like, how it operates in, like, the ammo really becomes a premium oh, yeah. in that series and you can run out very quickly so you have to use your environment like the electricity there was that bow too that yep. helps with like a little bit of the stealth element in two yep. um i actually prefer one more because of the atmosphere of one i like that claustrophobia of it yeah but it was still a very good true to return to form yeah for makama and it like i, I really enjoyed that can, game can we just talk about how uh, tango has uh, officially broken my heart since they announced that other game at e3 and oh, essentially yeah. killed hopes of an evil within three they always reviewed well i just don't i'm curious however they sold i don't yeah. know how they sold I'm, I'm sure they didn't sell well yeah. but it sucks because i love that franchise yeah uh so my second game is a game from the ps2 uh, generation called the suffering um, so basically what this is, is you are a, uh, it's a third person action game, but it is horribly horror. You're a convicted murderer. Um, you initially don't know what for, but it is how you play the game. Also, it depends on what your crime was. Are you innocent of murdering your son and daughter or were you guilty depending on how you played it and how the demons affected you basically. Um, so it was, it's, you're in a prison and it's being overrun by the gates of hell because the entire time the warden and all of his staff were doing experiments, yep. uh, you know, as they do in jail. Um, and it gets grotesque fast where you're not just fighting the inmates that have turned, but also inmates that were previously like, like a lot of the thing is the bosses were big time killers from that prison that got re-resurrected by the demons. And they're like basically running the show now. Yeah. 
Um, it is incredibly gory. Uh, it is very disturbing uh, game. Actually, I remember I had to basically trick my mom into buying this game. Really? And by trick my mom, I mean lying to her, getting the money from my dad, having him <laughs> buy it. So, and then she finds out later. Oh, <laughs> it's exactly how God. I bought Twisted Metal Black as well. She didn't know. Oh. <laughs> and my dad's like, yeah, I don't really care. Wow. <laughs> Thank God some days for dads, right? That's, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but I, I really like the game. The second one wasn't anything really to write home about, but the first one's actually pretty well regarded. Awesome. Uh, my next one is Outlast. This game freaked me out, like, considerably. Outlast, uh, I think the first time that I noticeably, like, freaked the freak out the in the game was Outlast. Yeah, when <laughs> you're literally, like, running for your life from the guy that's trying to grab you, and I'm just like, um, no. And the, the mechanic of, like, using the uh, video camera, I love that. Like, it's so good. It's so well done. Uh, and even using like the night vision on the camera to actually help guide you through the levels like that's so smart um outlast 2 kind of uh fell flat for me i don't know about you but i i kind of stopped playing never played outlast 2 i've only heard things but i'm glad you actually just mentioned that outlast 2 is the other playstation plus game for november i don't recommend it (laughs) yeah i mean if you want to try it type thing the only thing that bothered me with outlast was the end of outlast yeah um i didn't like how the whole thing ended i really thought the reporter stuff was really cool yeah um i actually really did like the night vision stuff yeah um the psychotic doctor was probably my most stressful part of that oh, series gosh yeah. um it wasn't so much the big lurking guy i think his name was brian or something like that i can't remember what it was yeah it was like a really creepy name because yeah. it was so normal yeah um but the doctor is actually what creeped me out because he came out of nowhere first yeah. And you thought he was like trying to help you, and then bada bing, bada boom, there goes two fingers, oh, <laughs> and God. you see it. That yeah. is always a game that I wanted to ha- come to VR. Yeah, uh, I that would be freaky. I yeah, I'll talk about it here in a little bit, but yeah, that was VR horror is an interesting, interesting subgenre for mm-hmm. everything for sure. Um, my next one is Silent Hill Two. So, uh, yes, there were Silent Hill games before the PT demo. Yeah. Um, but Silent Hill 2 built on, obviously, the original. It was a direct sequel to the Silent Hill game. Um, it's actually more what the Silent Hill movies were based off of, mm-hmm. was the second game. This game, for the time that it released, was so graphically overpowered on the PS1. Very because true. it looked so much better than Resident Evil. Um, the atmosphere, while done purposefully due to the generation, it added to it. So what I mean by that is it had the entire game was basically fog. But they did that because of how everything was pre-rendered and all that stuff. But yeah. helps you, out with exactly, the distances yeah. and yeah. so it was just really cool how they did that because fog is actually a very critical part of the mechanics with that game. Um, it's also our introduction into one of my scariest characters in video game history, which is Pyramid Head. A lurching, tall, like eight foot tall, menacing beast that kills you no matter what in one hit. Um, that literally, if you've ever seen the movie, they actually did a very good real, uh, realization of him, hmm. uh, where it's just giant pyramid, like stuck down to his like belly button, and just a massive cleaver. Ooh. And let's just say that game is not really all about. It is a survival horror because it's mm-hmm. again not about shooting. Yeah. It is about surviving. So. When you saw him, you ran. You tried to find where to run, and there was really only a few areas where you were safe. Jeez. So it was very stressful back in those days. God. 
You you mentioning that just makes me remember all the freaking enemies in Evil Within One that were just freaky as oh, yeah. shit, man. The the, the, the second chick. boss, the second boss, yeah. the girl that's that like all spidery. All over, yeah. yeah, yeah. The the crazy part is is they brought back all of those same uh, bad guys for Evil Within Two yep. as well for that sequence, which I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Like that that sequence was super cool. Not to go back to no, that, you're fine. And it's honestly when I was like putting this down to it really just made me think of what could have been pt yeah with konami guillermo del toro like that demo as i know it's now like just such an urban legend at this point just how it's regarded but i I have yeah mine's up mine got deleted (laughs) when i replaced my hard drive uh but that demo while aloof and mysterious it really showed you what they could have done with that in just a hallway yeah. of Silent Hill. Because don't let's not forget Silent Hill uh, Four Escape the or the Room is all just taking place in one room. Yeah, but they they were able to capture that horrible like spookiness type thing, which is kind of interesting. Why Kojima decided to make Death Stranding instead of doing something like in the vein of Silent Hills that they had just worked. I on. think it was a more of an fu to Konami for yeah that. I mean, I could see them in the future. I mean, we, possibly. Yeah, Ko- uh, Kojima is not without his celebrity friends. It was yep. just announced last week that Conan O'Brien is in the game. Yep. Uh, so I, I I don't know. Yep. So that that's cool. Uh, this next one we have. Uh, you want to do that one last? Yeah, that's what right. I was thinking. All right. So the next one that I have is Alan Wake, which was an Xbox 360 exclusive back in the day. Now it's on PC as well. Um, but this game was very much in the same. Uh, maybe not so much in the same vein as Evil Within, but it has a lot of the psychological um, crazy parts that Evil Within has. It's very much a psychological thriller. Uh, you basically play as Alan Wake. He's a writer, and essentially you have these things being told as if it's a book that's being read to you, um, and you're experiencing this yourself. Like I just love the uniqueness of alan wake like the flashlight mechanic the lighting that's what i always remember that game by and you have to use your flashlight as a weapon which is super cool like i I hadn't really seen anything like that before and um i just felt like the gameplay and the story like just how creepy and weird it was was a very very good mix um the ending kind of left a little to be desired uh, I'd love to see a sequel to kind of expand on that uh, quite a bit. I don't know if Remedy's ever going to go back to that or not. Um, obviously, they just released Control, which is, was a great game. I enjoyed it, but didn't sell great. So I'm not sure what kind of state Remedy's in. In my opinion, somebody needs to help them out and buy them as a first party, Microsoft, Sony, whoever. Um, Nintendo, think, obviously. Oh, yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> but yeah uh it was just a super creepy game i i I really enjoyed oh uh so my next one i can finally talk about something current is until dawn uh so this came out in 2015 as everyone knows uh this is super massive uh, massive, yeah super massive game but it is a uh telltale decision making game type thing where you're deciding i know i didn't and i was so adamant that I would not play this. Uh, my friend Chris even let me borrow this before it was a PlayStation Plus game, yeah. and I refused to play it. Wow. Then it was a PlayStation Plus game. I'm like, oh, my God, finally I'll give this a try. And I was never so stressed out by button combinations and putting them, yeah. making decisions so quickly on the fly. Is that not like not the weirdest ending in all video games, though? Like, well, depending just... on your ending. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I only, only six of mine survived. Oh. I didn't get all eight. I just thought it was weird how they kind of, spoiler alert, it's been five years, people. But I thought it was weird how they kind of turned it into like a mythological type of game with like those monsters. It just, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was the cannibals. I can't remember what the cannibals are called. What was their name? Um, but it is, I really wish I could remember what it is. Yeah. But anyways, like it was just insane. The Wendigos. Wendigos, That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, but, like, I did not at all see that coming. Yeah. I thought it was, like, vampires or werewolves or something like that. Yeah. And then I, I kind of liked it how it wasn't that. Right. But then, like, the side story going on with Rami Malek's character with his sister mm-hmm. and, like, essentially getting payback, but, like... That was great. He's not getting payback, too, but, like, yeah. if you make the wrong decision, he is. Yeah. Like, that was one of my characters was the... A uh, girl died because I chose to save the guy because I didn't like that girl. Right. And obviously the saw blade goes in the opposite direction. Yeah. Well, it ended up killing her. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm already down to seven. See, I, and I love, I loved that game until the Wendigos moment, just because, like, they sold that to be like the psycho coming to kill all of them so well that yeah. I was like, holy crap, all this is happening. And then they deliver that moment where you're like, what? It wasn't actually like well, how I thought it was. Supposedly, the- though, if everyone dies yeah. uh, or something like that, then Josh, uh, who's the character, Rami Malik, yeah. turns back at the camera and you see him becoming one of those. Yeah. So he can become one of those and basically try. And like the one of the people that I uh, die, let die, they became a Wendigo and right. like tried to kill me until they like fell or something like that. But I love the twists and turns. I refuse yeah. to go back because even though I'd love to save all eight of them, I love just having that was my story. That was, that was my movie. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people actually like to pull that up for Halloween mm-hmm. and play that game. It's not that long of a game. Right. Uh, you can maybe get it done, I, I want to say like four or five hours. Yep. Um, but it was so much fun. I actually like the spinoff, Rush of Blood. It yep. was a VR game. It wasn't really horror um but it played kind of on those emotions i just i thought that was a really cool game hope they get another chance to kind of prove themselves specifically in that universe i know they had another game man of uh medan medan uh, median yeah so they actually have a trilogy that they're making uh and it's on all platforms i think man of median or uh, median. median is yes yeah uh and that's the first game in the uh trilogy so. yeah the dark pictures anthology yep so i'm kind of interested to check that out i haven't had a chance to check that out yet or i don't even own it yet but um i definitely think that looks interesting it does yeah i, I think they are a very good um a team now yeah. that really knows how to tell a very interesting story. Sean Ashmore in it. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, for the spoilers for our next one, I'm going to dive into this. This is all going to be us gushing about Resident Evil now. Yeah. Because obviously we're, we're going to have that on ours. Resident Evil franchise. Resident so Evil. I think just to kind of jump into it, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, just to start there, that came out this year absolutely phenomenal remake like they rebuilt that game completely i know we just talked about this i believe last week actually but that game is so good like it modernizes resident evil 2 and i had never played resident evil 2 before but it modernizes it to a 2019 game uh and makes it very enjoyable they did tweak a few things as you said with uh mr x 
Um, but I think every moment that you interact with Mixer, Mr. X was very tense, and I loved that feeling. Like when you first encounter him and he just busts through the wall, and you're like, um, what do I do? And then you have to basically escape him. Um, but those moments were super cool. Uh, Resident Evil 2 is a gorgeous looking game. I absolutely adore the gameplay. So that's my, one of my favorites. Also, Obviously, you can't go without saying Resident Evil 4. That oh, was, I thought you were going with 6. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> not. The worst in the series. Uh, Resident Evil 4, amazing game. Shinji Mikami, obviously, he's a freaking mastermind. Uh, obviously, I have three of his games on my list here. Um, Probably one of the ten best games ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Resident Super Evil 4 good. is that beloved in my in my eyes. Super good. Yeah. Um, my love for Resident Evil starts in the beginning yeah. with Resident Evil um, I actually played the demo on a disc uh, for PlayStation when I bought my PlayStation 1. Um, and as creeped out as that movie was with some FMVs and stuff, then when I got it on the GameCube as the remastered version or the remake, uh, and you got to see everything you envisioned as a kid and just yeah. this glorious gore, uh, it was just intense. And yeah. I understand a lot of people don't have nostalgia for the tank controls, but I could tell you where everything was. When yeah. I actually I bought it again on my PS4, and like literally i'm just like i know where that is i know where that is like i knew where to get to it i think it only took me like five hours to beat or something yeah just because i remember how to get to everything and how to shoot and i loved how then they reiterated and made crimson reds uh for the zombies where like now the zombies if you did not burn their bodies in the mansion they're coming back to life as these crimsons that were aggressive as hell and all red up and like they would be bullet sponges for a little bit with stuff um Resident Evil 3 is a huge memory of mine because of Nemesis and being so scared of that as a kid uh, because we would play that game in the dark with my friend's older brother. Yeah. And, like, obviously he's randomly generated as far as in the game. You don't, you thought you'd be safe. You're not. Kind of like Mr. X and Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yeah. Like, the only place that was safe was a safe room, but he could be right outside a safe room. Yeah. Um, it was just insane at that time that he was always around and could just burst through anything. Um, I have very fond memories of Resident Evil 5, um, despite it being an action game. more action-focused, Uh, but I still really liked it. The story was really good. I actually enjoyed it, uh, especially with what they're kind of capitalizing off of 4 for, but really what I want to talk about with Resident Evil is Resident Evil 7. I like this new direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's room for both, excuse me, first person and third person in it. Uh, specifically, I loved Resident Evil VR. Yeah. Um, I said I was going to talk about the horror VR, but that game was, I was visibly nervous as far as what I was doing because, um, it is so creepy to go around corners, especially when you don't have an, like a strategy guide or something like that in front of you where it kind of helps ease the mood. Yeah. I never knew where the dad was going to be. The mom popping out in other places, I'd be like trying to hide and all this stuff. I really love the direction they went with seven minus the latter half Yeah, uh, on the boat, which sucked. Yes. Um, but it was a really cool experiment they tried. And I really hope it kind of goes forward. The interesting thing for me about resident evil seven is the first person's perspective for that game works perfectly. Um, but I'm just not sure if that's what like resident evil should be. After playing Resident Evil 2 Remake, like, that is my type of Resident Evil game. I love that game. Like, significantly love that game. So, I would I think mind... there's room for both, though. Yes, but how do you do that? Like, Zelda just does it. Flip-flop back Zelda and forth. Zelda does it. 
Zelda has top down and open world. It's true. But I, I think there you can mirror the both. Now, do you connect same, the story? Exactly. I don't That's know because technically Zelda is all connected into one long story. Right. But I think you can because Resident Evil has gone so far. I know they just released two. They're re-releasing three at some point here soon. Yeah. I know everything starts in Raccoon City in the mansion, but yeah. like Resident Evil Seven had nothing to do besides that very end of the game, and that's that's kind of what makes me think that Resident Evil Seven started as not a Resident Evil game, because possibly because it was demoed as the kitchen, exactly uh, for VR for PSVR initially too. I think they were smart to transition it over to Resident Evil, I get agree. a franchise that you know. But I, I think there is room in both to do it. Specifically I, how well Resident Evil 7 was received. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I loved Resident Evil 7. I just don't feel like, you know, after playing Resident Evil 2 Remake, maybe that's just what's uh, making my mind, like, so twisted. It's but possible. It's just like... There's, there's two realms, though, I think, of horror that can exist in that game. Yeah. There is the... Uh, classic Resident Evil where you don't know what's coming at, you don't have that much ammo and that stuff, yes. and now there's this in-your-face fight-for-your-life, like, holy crap, these people are stalking me, you don't know where they could be, that type of stuff, and it is mm-hmm. up in your face, either VR or first-person, that type of thing. I think there's room for both. Yeah. I mean, look at it, I know you're still, like, not old to the series, but for the longest time, Code Veronica and the regular Resident Evil series was going on at the same time. Right. And Code Veronica is a spinoff with Claire Redfield, and it's taking place in a different, completely different part of the world. Yeah. So they can coexist. I know they were the I'd same. Be fine with that. They were initially kind of the same game. Yeah. But Code Veronica did have a lot more to do with the tyrants and stuff. So what do we think Resident Evil Eight is going to look like then? Resident Evil Eight, I believe. I really believe it'll be more along the structure of Resident Evil Two. But I also don't know if Resident Evil 8 is yet. I really think that they're going to be focusing on Nemesis because I think that they probably saw a lot of success with 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they want to get Nemesis out, and then I want to. I think they want to just see where they want to go. They probably right. already have it all mapped out as far as Capcom goes, but I really see them going back to that. But I wouldn't be surprised with the latter. That, that's kind of crazy if you think about it. We only got one new uh, Resident Evil IP. We got, obviously, Resident Evil 2 Remake, but we didn't get like an, another sequel. We besides... technically got every single Resident Evil in this generation except for the Veronicas. Yeah, with, every all, single, with all the yes, ports. Yeah. Everything, that, everything was ported except for the Veronicas. Yeah, so... Uh, next week is probably going to be a pretty busy show. Uh, BlizzCon is next week, and there's a lot of things rumored there, so uh, make sure you guys stay. And we're devoting the entire topic to Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to. Sure. <laughs> uh, but there's probably going to be Diablo 4, Overwatch 2, etc., etc. Nah, Diablo so, Immortals. That's what we're looking forward to. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining us for the live show, uh, Podcast PXN. Um Remember, you guys can follow us at Podcast PXN. Uh, you can follow us on there. And uh, appreciate you guys coming out. We will be live at 8 p.m. next Wednesday. Frick so Blizzard. Check so us out. Ben. Frick Blizzard. Yeah, he's a long podcast. Frick it. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you sticking on, sticking with us. He's, he's basically bad. He's policy All right. That's Deuces. it, guys.